Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Welcome to the point after on WDVE Pittsburgh. The entire Steelers radio broadcast team is here to break down the last game. Here's your host, Missy Matthews. Everybody, I'm Missy Matthews with Bill Hillgrove, Tunch Ilkin, and Craig Woofley. Welcome to the point after. It took three tries, but Steelers and Ravens took place yesterday at Heinz Field. A 340 kick, a Wednesday game. Weird to say the least, but the Steelers moved to 11-0 with a 19-14 win over the Ravens. Billy, I won't say that it was pretty or it was a lot of fun, but the Steelers did what they needed to do, and they and they left the stadium with another win. Did did they win? Yeah, <laughs> that's the mood in Pittsburgh today. <laughs> yeah, and it, and, right. it, and it was triggered by the post game news conference right. with head coach Mike Tomlin. Yeah, Mike Mike uh, said we suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, does that? Harken back to another time? Yeah, that's right, Chuck. Uh, that harkens back to a Chuck time. That was like a Chuck Knoll 40 years into the future. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it really was because he was very – if you watch that press conference post-game, uh, he was very Chuck Nolan. He right. was very to the point. He was cutting. You might Some might say scathing. Yeah. But he was dead on, and he was not mincing words – and I, I always liken it to there's a joke I was told as a young boy um, by my grandfather. And he told me about this farmer and the mule and how the farmer says you got to get the mule ready and this and that. So what he does is he, first of all, takes a two-by-four, walks over, then he cracks the mule right between the eyes. And the young boy says, Grandpa, what what was that all about? And he says, well, first got to get the mule's attention. Right. <laughs> and I think that uh, Mike was getting the mule's and, attention. And, you know, he's got to get the team's attention and uh, – I go to work this week. That's right. Well, short week, another one, yeah. short one. And so and uh, Redskins look pretty good on right, Thanksgiving. Right. Redskins uh, are, are great pass rushers. I'm sorry it's the Washington football team, guys. Yeah. So oh, did I say Redskins, that. too? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I said Redskins, I'm, too. Yeah. You I, both I, did. Old I, I, habits. I have to point at you and correct Washington, you. Washington uh, football, football team. team. Yes. 
All right. Well, like you guys said, Coach Tomlin, what he portrayed to the media yesterday is most likely what he said to his team. And in case if anybody missed some of his postgame comments, here is a little clip from it last night. Take a listen. We couldn't run the ball effectively when we needed to. We dropped too many significant passes, very catchable, makeable passes. We didn't make significant plays in the special teams game. Our kickoff coverage unit wasn't good enough. We turned the damn ball over. Um, we gave up big plays in critical moments on defense. Can't have it. Uh, they converted a, a, a long run on a, on a possession down before the half, unacceptable. They had a 70-yard touchdown late in the game, unacceptable. And so um, we're, we're fortunate tonight. Um, it's good to, to proceed um, with the victory. I acknowledge that. Uh, but not a lot happened tonight to be proud of or to be excited about other than that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think even just hearing the pacing, not seeing his mannerisms, but I think we all got the picture, as I said, in case if somebody missed that. Mike Tarico, when he opened the game last night, I said, All right, this kickoff was scheduled for 139 hours and 18 minutes ago. So, Billy, does the postponements, uh, just the COVID nature of this game, does any of that, you know, do you lay blame to any of that for what the Steelers put out on the field yesterday? There's no excuse for bad football. Right. Uh, especially for a team that came in undefeated. They looked anything but. Yeah. And I, I I agree with the coach. It probably took him two hours to uncross his eyes. He really sounded like he was ready to explode. He probably already did in the locker room, but we won't know that. You know, and, and there were so many drops you know, I I I was uh, watching these drops and I I couldn't believe it. You know, Wolf, could you believe the drops? No, there was just way too many Chalucci. Right. I, I'll be honest with you, I was I was shocked by the number of drops, especially by Deontay. Yeah. Deontay, wow, I don't know. I understand Chase, a young guy. Chase Claypool. Um, but you understand a young guy, okay? Yeah. He's, he goes through that, but but Deontay's been on such a roll. Uh, I was surprised. And as for Mike, the one thing I will say. Can you imagine you're the head coach of an undefeated team of a storied franchise that is doing something they'd never done before and do it in the midst of chaos and a pandemic, and you stick their Thanksgiving Day game on hump day at rush hour on the stadium? I'm like going, really? (laughs) But, you know, they're 11 and all. Yeah, they're 11 and all. No question. And if you want to look at some bright spots, that 219 yards they yielded was the lowest of the year. Yeah. And 70 happened on a slip. Right. So think about that. Yeah. No question. Sorry, Missy. We're kind of taking off on tangents here. (laughs) No, I like it. I like it. The Steelers swept Baltimore. That was the first time since 2017. Sixth time overall. Third time under Mike Tomlin. I know we talked about in the postgame show uh, yesterday on the radio, guys. It just didn't feel like Steelers-Ravens, but I think – it still was because you knew what that game meant. So we talked about the drops, probably seven to eight. If I go by my count, uh, you mentioned Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Eric Ebron, the fumbled punt by Ray Ray McLeod. It just felt like nothing was working. And Billy, the one thing that I think we kept talking about on the broadcast yesterday was those red zone failures where you're just like, come on, get into the end zone. And that just seemed to never really work until late in the game when Juju scored that touchdown. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I go back to Minka's play right. at halftime. Um, if he doesn't make that play and Luke Wilson catches the ball, yeah, there's a whole different way that second half is played. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm letting the cat out of the bag 
uh, Missy, when you come to the most electrifying play. But, <laughs> okay. you know, if he doesn't make that play, I mean, all heck could have broken loose in that second half, and we'd be sitting here glum. Yeah. At least we're not totally glum. We're just mystified, I guess. Why so glum, chum? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, let me uh, read to you a quote from John Harbaugh postgame talking about the end of that first half and said, you know, we he said, quote, we knew we had enough time to run the two plays we wanted to run the run. We hoped it would score. It didn't. We had a a quick pass play that would we would have operated quickly. That would have been a quick throw if we had time for a timeout. It was incomplete. I just felt like when you're laying on the ground like that, you're either injured or it's a delay a game. So that's a pretty clear cut type of deal. And that's how we felt about it. What did you guys think about that? I think he's referring to Vince Williams and maybe everybody not, you know, clearing the pal as fast as John Harbaugh would have liked. When you're out of timeouts, you place your future on the football gods and the football gods aren't always kind to you and the officials as well. They know you don't have a timeout. Right. And they're going to be real liberal about that pile, uh, you know, coming loose. And that's exactly what happened. I Well, I, I'm a little bit prejudiced. I didn't have a problem with it. But, uh, you know, again, maybe save a timeout. I think we need to start calling them John uh, Cheese and Weinbaugh. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, I mean, come on. That's, that's football. Yes. Whatever it is, you know, like you said, you run out of timeouts. That's at your own problem. So Minka uh, uh, stripped the ball from Luke Wilson. Right. And uh, that was a great play. And uh, that was, uh, uh, you know, that was a, a touchdown uh, could have been. It's a significant and, play, and, yes. And, and, and uh, Minka, a significant play. Now, the play. play before that, Chris Wormley crashed inside, and he met up with yeah. Terrell Edmonds coming from the other side, and they stuffed Gus Edwards for no gain. And that's what gave them – the opportunity to be able to lay in there and uh, kind of, you know, roll around a little bit, and then right, until right. Luke Wilson got stripped by Minka. But those two plays together were back-to-back great plays by yeah, the defense. I, you know, I loved them, and uh, I, the the way the Steelers stopped the run. Oh, it was beautiful. That was so. How about incredible. Chris Wormley crashing inside? Right. From the, uh, that's the first real action we've seen from him. I mean, doing something yeah. significant. That was a big stop, and it was Terrell Edmonds meeting up shoulder to shoulder with him, crashing from the other side. That they palpitated the Edwards there, no gain. Yeah, it was Chris, just amazing. Chris Wormley uh, penetrated right. and hit Gus Edwards. Yes. And Chris Wormley used to be a Baltimore Raven, and today in his social media post said sweet revenge and just showed a photo of the Steelers in their color rush jerseys yesterday from the game. Uh, it was obviously a trade, but still, you know, as you said, getting a chance to really help the Steelers' defense against your former team, I don't think it gets any sweeter than that. And no. put them in a position where they're on the outside looking in. Right. As far as the playoffs are concerned, and uh, – I guess if you used to wear that purple uniform, that probably feels pretty good. Well, right. what's that saying? Revenge is a dish best served cold. Right. It was cold <laughs> enough last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and was it cold up in that booth, Wolf? <laughs> now I'm a fat guy. I'm always you, warm. You know, and it was cold. Uh, right. And, uh, the, you know, I, I, I thought the uh, Ravens uh, were plastered, uh, you know, you know, I, I I just don't think that they they were uh, so good, and uh, no, they, they were weren't. stopped. They, they were stopped. They were stopped repeatedly. Absolutely. Yes.
No doubt about Except it. Except their 70-yard you... run. Yeah, Billy, you mentioned just where things stand currently in the AFC North. The Steelers 11-0, as we know. The Browns at second still, 8-3. and three. The Ravens fall to 6-5. and five. The Bengals 2-8-1. But uh, I did uh, read and see after the game that RG3 said, if I did not pull my hamstring, I believe he said it happened in the second quarter. He said, I think we would have won that game. Do you guys agree? Uh, no. 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 Uh, you know, he, he – uh, the first thing I got to say is I've never seen anybody recover from a hamstring right. pull. How bad was that hamstring pull? Yeah, you know, when you pull up lame up. like that and you hobble, 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 though, yeah. um, I'm sorry, and you come right back. I'm sitting there going, okay, maybe you got a strain, but I don't see that being a, a real pull. I've been, I've had a pull. I know what a pull feels yeah. like, and I know that you can't even tie your shoe when you right. have a good pull. Yeah. I, I, got a, I, got, I have a stat for RG3. Uh, even with Trace McSorley's seventy-yard touchdown on a defender falling down, yeah, and he had triple-digit pass efficiency rating, the overall pass efficiency rating for the Baltimore quarterbacking in the game was sixty-four point six. Right, that's the second lowest of the year, only to be outdone by Jacksonville. Right, right. good point. So I, I definitely don't believe uh, that they would have won regardless. You know, you know. Uh, I, I, uh, when I watched film on RG3, uh, you know, I, I noticed that uh, he set up quickly right. and he got rid of the ball quickly. Yes. And uh, he, he, he faked good right. and he ran good. Right. Uh, and uh, that's you know, the one thing I think had hurt him last night. I thought he hung on to the ball yeah, several times yeah. too much. And, and you, when, when pressure came in his face, he threw into coverage. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, hey, the fact is, he only had 19 snaps going into right, the game. Right. So, you know, th- those are live ammo snaps. Those and you are- know, and and he had a couple of great runs. Oh, yes, he, he did. did. No, no doubt. I'll I'll tip my hat. Yep. Tip of the hat to him. All right, and RG3 became the fourth Heisman Trophy winner to fall victim to the Steelers, joining Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, and Joe Burrow. And Billy, you alluded to it earlier. It is time now for our electrifying moment of the game, brought to you by IBEW Local Number 5. Wolf, we are keeping the streak alive. You go first for this one. (laughs) Okay, there's several that you could go for, and uh, the low-hanging fruit normally. But you know what? I just love when – Here's the thing about it. When Ben threw that ball on that thir- 236 to go left in the fourth quarter, and Ben throws the ball in between three Ravens, three of them, to James Washington. Right. When he let that ball go, my heart jumped up into my throat. And Gad Zooks, I'm thinking to myself, what are you doing? And James, in amongst three Ravens, right. which if you, got, if you understand that a flock of crows is called a murder, right? A flock of Ravens is called an unkindness. Well, James put an unkindness on the Ravens by catching that ball, and it's first down. That was beautiful. You so know, that was my moment. And that, know, that was a third and six. Yeah. Yes, third and six. And, and my moment was uh, when Juju uh, slammed that uh, stiff arm in uh, Marcus Peters. Oh, yeah. And uh, slammed him down. But, uh, you know, I, I, I got to uh, gotta take – uh, the Joe Hayden pick six because well, he jumped the two now. What yeah. kind of deal is this? You got to take one. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take two. Okay. I guess it's your show then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Billy. 
Minka, 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 Minka. Yeah. That, that's the word. That's where I have to go. He made a great play on Luke Wilson. Uh, I thought maybe Wilson could have been less than soft on that play. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but still, Minka, playing, you know, center field as, as well as anybody in the league and right. having that nose for the football, to me, that's the big play because I, I say if Baltimore goes in there, the whole second half has a different color. Yeah, yeah. You know, Minka plays center field so great. Uh, you know, he, he sees the ball, he sees the routes, and uh, he he plays on the ball. He, he's great. I think great. one of his best he, gifts that he has is his ability to navigate the angles back right, there. Yeah. I mean, you don't find him coming up short when he's taking an angle to the outside or some of the other angles that you have to take. And I that's just a that's a God's gift of trajectory as you go right, to intercept. Right. He you know he you know he he plays ang- angles well. Yes. And he is mortal. I, he did drop an interception. Yes, he did. Yeah. He did do that. Which would put him at the top of the league, I believe. Well, no, he'd be one less. I think six is the leader in the league now. All right. All right, guys, we are going to take a break here on the point after. When we return, we will talk about the loss of Bud Dupree, what that means for the Steelers' defense, and we will find some positives in the Steelers' win yesterday. We'll be right back. Back to the point after on DVE. Gets the snap and is back. Throws it quickly. Intercepted at the 15-yard line at the 10. That's Joe Hayden into the end zone for the pick six to put the Steelers on the board first. How about that play? Welcome back to The Point After, everyone. I'm Missy Matthews, joined with Bill Hillgrove, Tunch Ilkin, and Craig Wolfley. We are recapping the Steelers' 19-14 win over rival Ravens on a Wednesday night at Heinz Field. The pick six by Joe Hayden, guys. His first as a Steeler, only second of his career. And I also thought that could have been, uh, you know, brought up, like Tunch said, in terms of a turning point. And I just really felt like the Steelers' defense maybe didn't start as slow as the offense Obviously, we can kind of go back and forth between the different games we've seen this season. But just really, uh, Joe Hayden, another phenomenal game by him as well, Billy. You know, see, the thought just occurred to me. If this game had been played on Thanksgiving night, right. Joe Hayden doesn't play. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and Missy, you know, he was out in uh, the flat, and I think he was playing cover two. Uh, and then he jumped the route, and he scored a touchdown. And, uh, you know, Joe Hayden, uh, you know, he sees uh, the, the routes, and he sees the, uh, the throws, and he jumped the route, and he scored a touchdown. What was amazing to me was I talked to Terrell Edmonds, and I said, uh, I asked him, I said, uh, Chaluch thinks it's covered, too. It looks like it. It was it. And he says, yeah. And he said, uh, Joe was – instinctively reacting on his gut instinct when he right. saw the the two wide receivers out there. Then you had the out route, but what was it, Prochet or was it yeah. – one of the, it was one of the guys. But I went and watched the uh, All-22 from behind, and it's interesting because Terrell, if you watch him, he slides over from a two-deep shell. Right. He slides over to pick up where uh, Joe left. Yeah. And it was like – I got a feeling that they let each other know ahead of time. Joe's going to gamble on this if he sees RG3 looking his way. And what a job. And and by the way, 
I don't know what RG3 was looking at because right. Joe was right in his line of sight. Yeah, I was surprised. And, and so Terrell said it was covered too. It was covered too, yeah. yes. Absolutely. And it was brochet. Well, yeah. It was brochet. That's what I thought. Yes, Missy. And my favorite is, uh, you know, I follow Twitter a lot. And uh, Steelers fans always like to say, you know, this is a Joe Hayden appreciation tweet. Thank you, Cleveland Browns, every time he does something good. <laughs> but yesterday with that pick six um, against the Ravens, courtesy of Joe Hayden, according to Elias, the Steelers lead the NFL in scoring defense, sacks and takeaways only two other teams have done that this late in the season since the 1970 merger, and no team has finished with the lead in all three. So uh, the Steelers' defense definitely uh, with some eye-popping numbers once again. 23 takeaways, 16 interceptions, 41 sacks. Um, but as we said heading into uh, the last commercial break, finding out for sure the loss of Bud Dupree, Coach Tomlin said he's done for the season. The Steelers officially placed him on the injured reserve list. And you go back to losing Devin Bush, and it's always next man up. But another key starter and just one of those guys that we have seen play with such energy and so fiercely knowing that he is on the tag and what comes after the season. Obviously, everyone was focused on this season, Billy, but this is a, a tough pill to swallow, even though you're sitting here at 11-0, knowing that you're not going to have the tandem of terrorizing quarterbacks of Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt moving forward. Well, uh, it's Alex Highsmith time, and as Coach right. said today, uh, I'm ringing his bell. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's time to answer the call. Uh, the concern I have, he's about 20-some pounds lighter than uh, Bud. Right. And certainly not the athlete Bud is. Uh, very few are. Uh, but he's a, a good learner. Uh, he's, uh, I think uh, Tomlin described it as we watched him mature uh, at Charlotte, yeah. his college team. And uh, he was one of the very few fifth-year seniors that clubs can draft these days. Right. Because they just don't exist yeah. too many places. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I think uh, if Robert Spillane can take Devin Bush's place, I think Alex Highsmith can do nicely in place of Bud Dupree. So uh, Alex Highsmith is a great pass rusher. He's got a spin move. He's got a rip. He's got a club. Uh, and uh, he's got a bull rush, and he uses his hands real well. And, uh, you know, and I think Ola Adenihi – is going to, uh, you know, they're going to uh, fight. Uh, Probably fight alternate the, some. Yeah, I'm sure they're like Ola's a committee. Have, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they're going to alternate. And Ola Adenihi, uh, he, I, I'm, he's got a real non-rhythmic pass rush. He skips and he slaps down the uh, uh, the tackle's hands. And uh, you know, one of the things that uh, Wolf and I were uh, uh, challenged by is non-rhythmic pass rushes. Right. Rulin Jones. Right. Right. Rulin Jones. I was that that both pass rushers that are non-rhythmic and uh, when I dance with my wife and yeah. I'm definitely non-rhythmic. So, <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a problem. How many broken toes has she suffered? <laughs> the poor Gail. She <laughs> suffered more. <laughs> the last time we danced, she said, honey, you're working entirely too hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. But yes, non-rhythmic. Don't non see dough. Do. Right, non-rhythmic pass rushers are problematic when you you kind of find that inner rhythm when you're pass protecting, and that yeah. does create problems. Missy Charlie Batch suggested uh, an answer to the problem on the post game last night. Uh, Debo, yeah, James Harrison. 
And he well, ran, he ran and- with it. He ran with it today on Twitter. I I'm not a big Twitter person, but when I'm called to it, I'll <laughs> certainly delve into it. And uh, he he showed well, a picture of his abs. He had a picture of himself in Dr. Bradley's office. And uh, I think he's having fun at the expense of Steelers fans. My opinion. I know. I I had saw it on Instagram. And then, you know, when you get a text message from Bill Hillgrove saying, are you seeing this? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, wow, he's on social media seeing this, too. You knew it was uh, (laughs) it was getting out for sure. But, yeah, he you know, he tagged that he was at Dr. Jim Bradley's office. Of course, the orthopedic doctor for the Steelers, who we always see on the sideline. He was the one checking out Bud Dupree as soon as he got hurt uh, yesterday. And guys, I told you how he threw the helmet and everything and. Well, if you cemented what I felt in my stomach was that, you know, when you're showing anger for an injury, it's usually not something that is uh, favorable. Um, But as you guys said, next man up with Alex Highsmith. And I think we've all been impressed with him uh, and Chase Claypool, Kevin Dotson back to training camp. These are rookies who have had no real offseason whatsoever. Um, And I remembered at some point this season, I interviewed Alex Highsmith for a one-on-one. So I went back into my notes today when coach, you know, told us the news of Bud Dupree. And I actually got him right after they played the Ravens the first time. Hmm. And if you remember, that was his first interception. He didn't even have a sack at that point and he was mad about it. But one of the things that I asked him about was Bud and TJ and just, you know, you get a chance to work with one of the best tandems, if not the best tandem of outside linebackers in the league. And he said, and they probably are annoyed with me because I pick their brains constantly in terms of different pass rushes, uh, where to use it, who to use it against, when to use it. And he said, Bud and TJ have always kept preaching to me to have a pre-snap move planned based on what I'm seeing and to go with it. And he said, I, you know, I, I hope that I can someday learn more from them and whatnot. So I think this is a guy who, as coach said today, Billy, you were mentioning what his remarks were as well, that he's mature. Um, he is somebody that they like throughout the entire pre-draft process. And I think even based off of that first interception, he got burned earlier in that game in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And then learned from it in game. And the second time they went to it again, same place, second half, Alex Highsmith came up with a pick. So I do think this is going to be an adjustment, um, I guess. Just what is your take overall, uh, Tunch? We can start with you just in terms of another key piece of your defense. I know it's next man up, but this is still not what you want when you are essentially this upcoming Monday, week 13, can clinch a playoff spot. You know, um, Missy, I I like Alex Highsmith. And, uh, uh, you know, he's, uh, uh, he he has, he hustles, he's focused, he's intense, and he rushes the passer well. And, he, you know, one thing that we saw, he uh, came up with a pick. And, uh, you know, I, I like him. And uh, I, I'm not so worried uh, about Bud Dupree. Uh, you know, I'm 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 worried, but I'm not so worried uh, because Alex Highsmith uh, is uh, going to play well. Wolf, what are your oh, thoughts? I'm sorry. I, <laughs> hello. I was looking no, at that okay. third donut that was said. Oh, you, Missy, you didn't know there were donuts here tonight. Sorry about that. So, regardless. Oh, you yeah. can have mine, Wolf. You oh, can have mine. I already got tunches. <laughs> so, um, you know, the thing about it is 
uh, I look at Alex Highsmith, and I, I agree with Tunch. He's he's a mature young man. One of the things that has always stuck with me when you talk to Butsy was uh, the fact that he didn't make the same mistake twice. You know, that's hard to say about young men, yeah. you know, in that position. You know, it's easy to make that mistake and do it again and that because of the fact that there are so many variables that come into that outside linebacker position, it can create a problem for you. And the young man has been one of those guys, as Billy said, he's a fifth-year senior, he's mature, he doesn't make those same mistakes. He's got, in my mind, a natural feel to pass rushing. His body movements, when you watch him closely, it's more akin to T.J. Watt than it is to Bud Dupree. So I'm excited when he's got an opportunity to do something. I'm also excited for Ola to be able to step up. And I think if they run into any problems, you remember some years back when Dick LeBeau used to run that big nickel. Right. And he'd put a big defensive end out there on pass and, and certain situational pass rushing heavy situations or run heavy, depending on what he wanted. And you might you could see a Stefan it out there over playing defensive yeah. end or something like that. And, if uh, they put somebody else on the inside. And and, and uh, Missy, he's uh, Ola Denehy is my camp phenom. <laughs> you know, that's what you got to call him. <laughs> Ola Tunch Ilkins camp phenom Adenehy. <laughs> <laughs> they should put that on the back of his jersey. Exactly. If they, if the, you know, they could add that on there. And Billy, I know what Coach Tomlin said. He was asked today, you know, does this affect TJ Watt? He quickly shut it down. I don't think, uh, you know, much needs to be said about T.J. Watt. 11 sacks first in the league. 19 tackles for loss first in the league. 33 quarterback hits first in the league. The NFL research said that he is on pace for 16 sacks and 48 quarterback hits this season. I think, yes, the tandem of them, but I do agree with Coach. I don't know your thoughts, Billy, that T.J. is going to be okay moving forward. I think that whole defense takes its cue from T.J. Watt. Right. Just that attitude, relentless. Uh, I will not be denied. And, and look what he's done. 31 sacks in 30 career games. Right. It's that's remarkable. more than a sack a game. That's yeah. uh, that's off the charts. Uh, but I really think that uh, he will make sure that uh, that relentless attitude will not go away. And uh, he's not considered one of the veteran leaders, but uh, he's one of the guys that leads by example. Watch me not give up. If a guy blocks me, I'm still on my feet, and I'm still going to get to the quarterback. Uh, even if I uh, don't get there, uh, I'm going to make him throw the ball when he doesn't want to. Yeah, M- Missy, he's uh, he's great pass rusher, and uh, he he uh, he gets uh, uh, he he gets uh, the bull rush, and he gets the rip, and he gets the swim inside. The thing that I love about it was listening to Mike Tomlin talk about him. I can't remember if it was post-game or this afternoon when he was asked about the fact that without Bud Dupree, does that lessen the effectiveness of T.J.? And, and Mike just said, guys like T.J. don't need any help from anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. And I think that about says it all. He is an energy bringer. And just to complete the discussion on Bud Dupree, he was placed on IR the Steelers signed rookie Antoine Brooks Jr. to their 53-man roster. Another injury we will have to keep an eye on this week. Coach Tomlin said that Steve Nelson, of course, another starter on defense, is having an MRI on his knee. The Steelers released a uh, 
practice report, even though they did not practice due to it being a short week. So not practicing today would have been Steve Nelson with that knee. They would have said that Jalen Samuels is taking a step forward with his quadricep injury. He was inactive yesterday. Ben Roethlisberger would have had his normal day off and then just the usual suspects of guys getting vets days off. So we'll find out what happens tomorrow uh, when the Steelers do reconvene and start preparing for the Washington football team. We're going to take a break here on the point after we will be back right after this. Back to the point after on DVE. And Snell's going to run it. Ah, he finds a crack up over the 40 to the 45. He gets another first down for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Good, hard second effort run for Benny Snell Jr. All right, that was some Benny Snell football. Welcome back to the point after Missy Matthews with Bill Hillgrove, Tunch Ilkin, and Craig Woofley. And guys, when you look at Benny Snell's stats filling in for James Conner, who's on the COVID-19 list, 16 rushes for 60 yards, three catches for 33 yards. But Billy, just his demeanor, uh, especially towards the end of the ball game, Coach Tomlin said positive things about him last night and once again today as well. Yeah, and I think in that uh, keep-away drive at the end of the game, uh, he had a 13-yard run, which I think was our best run of the night. Um, He also had a 7, a 2, but still uh, he was going north and south. And when it wasn't there, north and south, he did bounce it effectively. Right, 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 right. And uh, and Missy, he had 93 yards total. Uh, And that's, uh, you know, I, I, I like that. I like that. Well, the biggest thing that I think that uh, that he did was when he bounced that 13-yarder at the end, right? Like two and just up before the two-minute timeout, it took the Ravens, I believe, their third timeout. You know, that was they had to stop the clock. Right. That is correct. Ha! It actually, I'm right about something. <laughs> no, it actually happened <laughs> after the seven-yard run. Oh. Well, for crying out loud, well, just I, when I, I, I'm the verge of victory. Close. Yes, I Close snatched enough. the feet. Close. But Close they, enough. They took three timeouts in a matter of, uh, what, a minute? Yeah, about a minute. And, yeah. again, timeouts are like gold, especially yep. in these situations. And Dead gum, and I was so close to being you know, right. I, 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 You know, Benny <laughs> Snell was running hard. Yeah. You know, he did a great job. That one stiff arm where he laid out Marcus right. Peters, man, that was a stiff arm. It was almost as good. Is Derrick Henry when he snuffle-gated Josh Norman with that stiff arm. Right. Oh, he hit him right in the grill, just made him go horizontal. And Benny Snell showed a great stiff arm last night, as did, as you talked about earlier, Juju. Yeah. Don't forget, that drive started. All right, there was no. That drive started, Missy, at the 13-yard line. We were not in the clear by any stretch of the imagination. Right. With a five-point lead. And, uh. They got it done, and thanks to Ben and James Washington uh, to get that big first down. Third and six at the 17. 17 yards later or 16 yards later. 236 left, yeah. That was, um, that was big time. Oh, yeah. huge. Just huge. All right, we're talking about Benny Snell, and guys, I know we talk about the run game an awful lot. Um what did you see from it from a offensive line standpoint touch yesterday? Of course, Marquis Pouncey, we found out right before kickoff, he was placed on the COVID-19 list, so they did not have him. JC is stepping into that uh, with 
pretty short notice, but not somebody who doesn't, you know, get some reps there on Wednesdays when Pounce gets the day off. But what did you see overall from the offensive line without Marquise Pounce? You know, uh, I saw the uh, offensive line coming off the ball and double teaming and, and uh, uh, Benny Smell finding a crease. You know, one of the things that uh, when they run the counter trap, uh, it's it's uh, it's difficult because uh, because uh, you know they they want to log the uh, outside guy and uh, Benny Snell did not bounce it outside. Right, he cut it back inside. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, um, the back will read that lead guard or the right. lead puller on that right. the guy that's trapping. Yeah. and if you go with your inside shoulder and take a guy on with your inside shoulder. For instance, you're going to your right, and you take the guy on with your left shoulder. That's a sign to the back. You should bounce it around. Yeah, but Matt Filer exactly to, to hook the guy, and uh, he should have took it outside. Right. Wolf, how did JC do strictly filling in for Pouncey and playing center and starting for the entire game? You know, it was funny because I asked Terrell Edmonds today. I said. So what uh, what was Marquise's reaction and JC's reaction when two hours before kickoff you find out you're out and the other guy's in? And it was like, you know, he said, you know, really we were all into our game mode at that point in time, he said. But, you know, Marquise was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, I mean, to find out <laughs> you're, 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 you've just been zeroed, taken out. And how about JC Hassenauer, who just a week ago got in as a power tight end and was having a great time when they scored a touchdown because he got a block, and now all of a sudden he's facing the Baltimore Ravens in a huge matchup like this for his very first start, and he did a dead gum fine job. Right. I'm telling you, I know that he had some issues. There were some issues with some of the blitz. They yeah. ran five big, and they came with a blitz off the slot, but I got to tell you something. Those guys surrounded him, and they did a nice job with him, and he – directed the snap correctly. He didn't roll it back on the ground. It didn't miss any assignments that I could tell other than some of the blitz pickups. But the kid played, I thought he did a good job. When uh, Tyus Bowser blitzed it, he, 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 he's, his hands were... Uh, did you see him and Matt? They, yeah. He went right in between them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there, was, there was a couple situations where on blitz pickups... Um, Shall we say uh, he, 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 he was he, in a learning process. He's in a learning process, and he wasn't alone. <laughs> there was, they, they could have helped him out a little bit there. Yeah, that's right. So, that's but, right. Uh, you know, the thing about it is, I'll say this, for his first start and for the look on his face I saw prior to kickoff, which was this, he was just radiating intensity. And it was funny because then you, you realize, yeah, this guy's about ready to lock in because it, this is his first big start. It was a, it was a good performance. Not great. But a good performance, a good solid one. Yeah. Billy, as we talked with these guys on defense, next man up, and JC did just that. But overall, for the Steelers' offensive line, they've only allowed 10 sacks this season, still the the fewest among the entire NFL. Their last one actually came against the Ravens in Baltimore. So they've stayed clean, knock on wood. I don't want to jinx it. Didn't say it yesterday. I'm allowed to say it after the game, <laughs> uh, since I know we're all superstitious. But, um, I, I like, you know, the guys were saying, and also, you know, Chooks briefly came out and Wolf, I know you were uh, surprised about a little bit of the shuffling. It wasn't just replacing one person there. Matt Filer moved to right, right tackle for a minute. He right. did indeed. And, uh, you know, the, the Kevin Dotson is intriguing 
We saw, we've seen him since training camp, uh, doing some really good things, and we've seen him uh, play in a couple of uh, games where he's, you know, done the Hassenauer thing, and he got his first start and his second start. And um, there's some things that uh, he needs to clean up. I mean, he came in on short yardage. He was a short yardage guy, and that was um, who was that? That was Derek Wolf, I think, that went inside of him and yeah. nailed Benny Snell on a. I believe it was Benny for a two-yard loss down around the goal line. So he's got some issues he's got to clean up. But anytime, here's the problem. When you got to got to bring in two people to move, to cover one position, it's a problem. But I do like – I can't help it. I like Matt Filer at right tackle. He's a good guard, does a good job. Uh, Chooks does too. But at the same time, there's going to be room made for Kevin Dotson at some point in time, fellas. You know, you know when Chooks hurt his back uh, – uh, he uh, he came out of the game, but right. he went back in the game. Right, he went back in, and it's going to be fun. A, I'm talking a, as we move down the road next year. He's a year. tough guy. He's a tough guy. Yes, he, he is. All right, Billy. So we are going from a Wednesday 3:40 kick to a short week and over a weekend. So that's also weird. To a Monday 5 p.m. kick. Do we call this a happy hour? What? what <laughs> where is the mindset in terms of what this game is? Because I mean, I'm I'm cool with the earlier game time. I, I like getting to bed early. You guys know I'm a morning person, not a night person. But uh, 5 p.m. it's it's uh it's interesting to say the least. Miss, <laughs> Missy, we all know that the toughest part of a night game is the waiting around all right, day. So right. I can just imagine what the players go through. Right, right. Uh, it drives you up a wall. Oh yeah. And uh, we don't have to do that. Uh, 3:40. I know we messed with a few soap operas for people. And, and <laughs> 5 o'clock, we'll mess with a rush hour, although now with the COVID thing, rush hour is really not a big deal. Uh, but I, I like the earlier start. I really do. I, I think the players do, too. You know you know what, uh, Billy, uh, when uh, Wolf and I first came in the league, we were roomy. Uh, we were roomies, and uh, we, there, there was nothing on television. Uh, there, there was uh, soap operas. And uh, by, by the time we got in the mid-'80s and the late-'80s, there were movies. Uh, right, but remember, too, we also kicked off at 9 o'clock Eastern yeah, time, yeah. which was even worse. 9.05. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. And we, we saw Howard Cosell oh, my uh, at San Diego. Are you going to tell that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, when we, we, we went into the Monday night uh, football. elevator uh, and uh, Howard Cosell was there. And so two girls walked in, and he looked at uh, them, and she looked at them, or she looked at uh, Howard Cosell, and he said, Monday Night Madness. <laughs> it, was, it was classic Cosell, yeah. <laughs> I do want to give a shout-out, guys. I wasn't able to squeeze uh, it in during one of my sideline updates, but Cam Hayward has tied Lamar Woodley for seventh place on seventh seventh place on the Steelers sack leaders list with 57 career sacks. Uh, Cam, another one of those guys, like we talked about TJ Watt earlier, just uh, really sets the tone for that defense. You know, there's a reason why when the game was postponed for the third time and Mike Tomlin spoke and there was only one other player that spoke, it was Cam Hayward. It's no doubt about it. You know, one of the things you love about Cam is, and I and I remember last year I heard uh, Mike Tomlin say, "Cam, get out there and get your 
Get your, uh, your your boys with you. You know what I mean? He's the the unquestioned leader of that defense. And he's one of 32 candidates right. for the Art Rooney Award. Yes. This is his seventh year. Yeah. And uh, congratulations, and I hope he wins it. But uh, something tells me that if a Pittsburgh Steeler would win the Art Rooney Award, there'd be gnashing of teeth in Dallas, Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati, mm-hmm. just to name a few. But you think about this young man, <laughs> and I, you know, Tunch and I have been privileged, as you, Billy, to be able to watch every one of his games that he's played as a pro. Right. And to watch this young man develop. And this is guy, remember, this guy, he came in and he fought every offensive lineman within the first week <laughs> of training camp. Yeah. And I remember, <laughs> I remember, you know, uh, DMR talking about him and going, Where's, what's up with our, our first-round draft pick and all these things. And to see him manifest all that great talent and everything that uh, the Steelers thought he could be and then some and more. He is really, in my book, and most humbly, my my estimation, he's risen to the ranks of the great players. Right. You know, he is truly one of the great, great players of all time in, in Steeler history. And so he works hard, and he's tough. Absolutely. And he's physical, and, uh, and, and you he's know what? smart. He's got a heart, too. Yeah. I mean, he's very active in the community, so yeah. I appreciate all that. I have trouble interviewing him because he looks so much like his father. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really do. And, uh, you know, naturally having watched his father play at Pitt and then see what a nice pro career that uh, Ironhead had, uh, I have trouble. I really do. You know, I would say this just having met Ironhead a couple of times. And, uh, you know, I, not only would he be in, uh, he would be proud of Cam, but he'd be impressed by his son. Right. He's, he's quite a man. So, anyhow, that's my two cents. Right. Two cents. And we all agree wholeheartedly, uh, great football player, even better person, as Billy said, doing tremendous Mm -hmm. things in the community. Uh, Quickly, before we have to wrap up here on the point after the team is focused on the Washington football team, but we are... We can talk about everything else outside of that, and that includes playoffs. We haven't been able to say that the past two seasons. The league put out today that the Steelers are able to clinch a playoff berth simply with a win or a tie if Las Vegas loses or ties, Miami loses or ties, or Indy loses or ties. I think I'll go with option one, which is a win on Monday night. They also can clinch the AFC North Division title if they win and Cleveland loses, and Cleveland is headed to Tennessee to face the Titans. So uh, we will see what happens there. But crazy to think, guys, this is week 13, Washington on Monday afternoon slash night, then Sunday night football at Buffalo, Monday night football at Cincinnati, Colts at home, um, and then the Browns on the road. So that will be the 2020 regular season. And we're getting closer and closer to the end, Billy, and hopefully uh, a lot more wins between now and then. I think for the Steelers' offensive line, uh, a big challenge because up front, defensively, Washington has a whole bunch of number one picks right. and a whole bunch of guys from Alabama. Chase Young. <clears throat> yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're just Ohio start with State. him. Yeah. And uh, that'll be a challenge, especially if Marquise Pouncey is not ready and Coach wouldn't go there today. He wouldn't put a number on his availability. So we just have to leave the question, Mark, and let the uh, the COVID uh, uh, police take care of that one. Well, they may be four and seven, but they're second in the league in sacks, tied with Philadelphia. They're second in the league to the Steelers, Steelers in sacks, and, and second in the league to the Steelers in, in pass defense. So 
I mean, this is a good defense, despite the fact their offense has struggled. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that is going to do it for us here tonight on The Point After. Thanks to Bill Hillgrove, Tunch Ilkin, and Craig Wolfley for joining me. Steelers and the Washington football team Monday at Heinz Field, a 5 o'clock kick. That means The Point After will be coming to you next Tuesday at 7 p.m. We hope everybody has a great night, a great weekend, a great Steelers win, hopefully on Monday. And we will see you back here on Tuesday.